SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome to Hour 2 of a Wednesday right here on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. That's the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. You can also watch all across the Sports Grid Network. I am Ben Stevens. In this second hour, of course, more from the madness, but also a stop in the NBA to go around the association, both for tonight and maybe moving forward as well. And then later in Hour 2, back to the madness Back to a look at the NCAA tournament round of 64 starting tomorrow on St. Patrick's Day. But we start this second hour with the news out of the NFL. We had some free agency frenzy all day yesterday, but it ended last night. And again, we just discussed it with Joe to end out our number one. Baker Mayfield penning his love letter, it seemed, to the Cleveland Browns, who have engaged in trade talks with the Houston Texans for the services of Deshaun Watson. It's no guarantee that Cleveland is going to get Deshaun. In fact, he is a very hot commodity right now in the quarterback marketplace. Every team outside of the Bucks, who have Tom Brady once again, have been in the NFC South, I should say, have been looking at getting Deshaun. But I think Baker released that statement last night on Twitter to say that, hey, Cleveland, if you're not making me priority number one as your franchise QB, this is the end of our relationship. No market movement based on that as of yet because nothing officially has happened. But we have seen free agency moves actually have pen to paper and some craziness yesterday. It seemed Randy Gregory had signed pen to paper to remain a Dallas Cowboy, the defensive lineman formerly of Dallas. And I say formerly because it was the old bait and switch, or at least that's what the reports were. It seemed like Dallas came in late to convince Randy Gregory to stay with the Cowboys. But the former Nebraska Cornhusker is now making his way to the Mile High City and the Denver Broncos. So it seemed that Randy Gregory was going to be a Cowboy. They even tweeted out as such. And then it was the Denver Broncos saying, surprise, we just bolstered our defensive line. And again, the Broncos have been making a ton of moves so far in this NFL offseason. It is a big reason why I believe Russell Wilson even was convinced he could compete in the AFC West and the AFC because of the foundational pieces in place in Denver. Yes, that defense was so good last year under Vic Fangio. Might it change now with new head coach Nathaniel Hackett? Sure, but the pieces are there Bradley Chubb on one side an outstanding secondary now you add in Randy Gregory and where might Von Miller add up as well that is why the Denver Broncos are tied for the third shortest price in the AFC championship market right now at plus 850 they were the third shortest about 36 hours ago by themselves at plus 750 then the Chargers continued to make some moves of course bolstering their defense as well Khalil Mack earlier in a trade last week and JC Jackson signed on Monday with LA when that legal tampering period started so plus 850 for both of those teams out of the AFC West and then four dollars shorter oh yeah the Kansas City Chiefs also 
out of the AFC West at plus 450. You get an idea of how stacked that division is going to be, the AFC West, when you see four of the shortest prices to win the entire conference all hail from the same division. The AFC West is going to be an absolute gauntlet all year and Randy Gregory might provide a couple of the other quarterbacks and Justin Herbert Patrick Mahomes and Derek Carr a few more headaches next year as we welcome in our sports grid radio audience here to our number two of the morning after on sports grid radio Sirius XM and all of our terrestrial radio affiliates I am Ben Stevens and as we welcome you in we continue to go around the NFL off-season moves happening all over the place and there's been some good moves there's been some debatable moves there's been some bad moves I don't know why the Jags are spending all that much money but hey the Jags are doing it and they're doing it maybe to bolster their roster for their second year quarterback the Jets are doing the same and the Jets have made some outstanding moves so far in free agency that's the consensus around the National Football League as of right now and yesterday the Jets adding another piece to their roster for the 2022 NFL campaign, signing Super Bowl champion and former Bucks safety Jordan Whitehead, another proven starter for the secondary. Marcus May also left last night, but they get Jordan Whitehead in his place. The Jets have been making great, great moves as of right now. And we know the AFC is going to be wildly competitive. You saw those AFC champ odds just moments ago. Who were the favorites? The Buffalo Bills with the shortest price at plus 380. When you look at the prices in the Bills and the Jets division right now in the AFC East, Buffalo is the only odds-on favorite throughout the entire conference. Minus 180 right now for the Bills to win this division. The Jets have a lot of ground to make up, as you can see there, in their odds to win the AFC East. Still the longest, despite these good free agent acquisitions, at 17 to one that's nearly $12 behind the Miami Dolphins at plus 550 who are behind the Patriots with the second shortest odds at plus 330 a lot of ground to make up and I'm not going to compare the New York Jets or the Jacksonville Jaguars to the Cincinnati Bengals but the Bengals were tied for the third longest odds to win this year's Super Bowl this being the 2021 season in the preseason with their second year quarterback just a few similarities the Jets and the Jags have a lot of ground to make up but you can see the impetus for why they are being active in NFL free agency from the NFL to the NBA around the association we go up next here on the grid sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com In this month of March, it's a ton of basketball. Of course, the big dance in the NCAA tournament, but also in the NBA. The postseason push, playoff positioning on the line in the final 10 to 15 games of this NBA regular season. So around the association we go 
on this Wednesday, TMA on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 159, all across the Sports Grid Network. I am Ben Stevens, and if we go around the association, we also go down to our producer's pit. And joining us now, our fantastic intern, the man known as Bocce, Andrew Bocce Galupo, wearing his Yankees quarter zip because he is fired up that Anthony Rizzo is still wearing pinstripes. I'm very excited that Rizzo is still here. Obviously would have loved to have Freddie Freeman rocking the pinstripes oh. for the Yankees. Uh, can't yeah. can't be too mad. Anthony Rizzo was very productive as a New York Yankee. Big Italian lefty first baseman. We're ready to roll, get on base, put some bombs into the right field seats at Yankee Stadium. That's what Andrew Bacigalupo wants. That short porch there in right. For Anthony Rizzo, maybe Joey Gallo. Come on. Now Bocci is getting into it. But we go around the association, Bocci, in a great game up on this Wednesday night after a relatively short slate yesterday is out in Golden State tonight. San Francisco, California, the Warriors hosting the Celtics. The Dubs, a three-and-a-half-point favorite right now on FanDuel. The over-under, just a clip above 221 or so right now the Warriors Bocce after losing five straight games and being on a skid have now won four straight they have covered in all four of those wins they have covered in five straight and they're looking like they're fully healthy with Draymond Green now back in the fold as well is it time to keep an eye on those dubs out west Absolutely. Golden State Warriors, that missing piece that they've been looking for has been Draymond Green all season long. He's finally back, and he's able to just be an extra force defensively for Golden State. The Warriors have been trying to catch the Suns in the West. They go on this losing streak. Mm. Boom, here comes your gritty down low. I'm going to punch you in the face, Draymond Green, who's ready to play some defense for this Warriors team that desperately needed it during that five-game losing streak. They looked awful on the defensive end. But it's good to yep. see them back in the win column. Somebody that I think they can make a run in the Western Conference, Steph Curry, if he could get on his MVP level, and Klay Thompson playing back at full strength now. The Warriors are getting healthy at the right time in March, pushing for the playoffs in April, and the Golden State Warriors can make a run in that Western Conference. Botch brings up a great point right there, not just about what Draymond means for floor spacing and facilitating on the offensive end, but in that five-game losing skid, the defense for the Warriors was abysmal. In that five-game losing skid, all five resulted in an over in this four-game winning streak, three of the four under. So Draymond truly does complete this Warriors team. The line is actually working in the C's favor because although Boston lost on Sunday, Boston has still won a ton lately, including seven of their last 10. And the Celtics only have been an underdog 18 times this year. Eight, eight, and two against the spread. Now a two and a half point dog as it stands against Golden State tonight. The Celtics have only been an underdog three times in the new year and they haven't been an underdog since late january in fact january 28th was that exact date against the atlanta hawks so botch we go to another underdog at home tonight the brooklyn nest getting two points now from the dallas mavericks on the FanDuel Sportsbook. But if we talk Brooklyn Bocce, you know where our focus needs to begin. That would be the 60-burger last night. A 60-piece from Kyrie Irving on the road in Orlando. A part of the 150 points the Nets scored in a 150-108 victory over the Magic. 60 points, Andrew Bocce Galupo. That's a ton of scoring. 
Yeah, in Orlando, Disney World is down there. That's the place where dreams come true. And Kyrie Irving, Ooh. the big Nets fan growing up as a child, you saw the photos of him with all his Nets gear as a kid. His dream is to have been a great Nets player for this organization. He now holds the franchise record, 60 mm. points. Darren Williams previously held it at 57. Kyrie Irving, every bucket was going in. Even Mickey Mouse couldn't stop him out there on the court. Every shot Kyrie Irving was taking just looked so pure, so smooth. Every, I mean, I was talking to Kevin Walsh down here at halftime. They were booking Kyrie Irving's points line at 48 and a half. He had 41 mm. at the half. Of course he was going to chase that 60. And it even works out better. The Nets blow out the magic. Kevin Durant gets some rest. And off the back-to-back, -back, now having to play home against the Dallas Mavericks with who I believe should be the MVP, Luka Doncic, Kevin Durant will have some rest. Only played 30 minutes last night. He's been teetering around the 40 to 43-minute mark over the previous couple of games. Pachi, there is not a chance the Brooklyn Nets win tonight at home, though. I am sad to say because whoa, they are a two-point underdog. And their cover percentage at home, Bocci, is 19.4%. By yeah, far the worst awful. cover percentage. By far the worst ATS record at home of any team in the NBA. Six 25 and one against the spread. Meanwhile, the Dallas Mavericks have won seven of their last eight games. They have covered in two straight. They have covered in nine of their last 11, and they have covered in 13 of their last 16. I like the Mavericks in this spot, laying two on the road, Bocce, I'm sorry to say. Look, it happens. Not everybody can agree with me. Not everybody can be on my side. But let me just tell you this. At least if the Please. Nets aren't going to win, Expect Kevin Durant to score 35, 40 points. He's going to be the only guy Ooh. out there on the floor. Luka Doncic may just have a triple-double. Spencer Dinwiddie, I love the potential for Spencer Dinwiddie in the points, rebounds, assist prop. He'll be back in wow. Brooklyn. Got off to a rough start to the year against the Washington Wizards. And now being traded to the Dallas Mavericks, he's kind of blossomed late in season. And Spencer Dinwiddie, a little bit of a revenge tour possibly for the Brooklyn Nets. I look to him for some props tonight. Luka Doncic could possibly have a triple-double. Kevin Durant's going to be Kevin Durant. It's showtime. The stars are out for the Mavericks and the Nets. Oh, the stars are out tonight at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. No real movement, really, in the Eastern Conference odds or the NBA championship odds in the last couple of days. These markets have stayed pretty stale, really, in the last five, six days on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The Nets still the lone favorite, plus 280. 10 cents ahead of the Milwaukee Bucks at plus 290. The Philadelphia 76ers have fallen back a, back a bit over the last couple of days now at plus 350. In the NBA championship market, Bocci, the Suns are the favorite at plus 390. The Warriors, the second best odds at plus 460. And the Brooklyn Nets at plus 550. There are two teams in the NBA championship market or the Western or Eastern Conference odds trying to make up some ground right now it seems and that would be the chicago bulls and the utah jazz out in salt lake tonight the jazz a five point favorite against the bulls both teams kind of sputtering right now the jazz have split their last eight games chicago now back into the win column but went on a five game losing skid as well i'm not so sure about you to make of this game tonight what do you think 
Yeah, shout out to the Bulls for losing to the Kings the other night. Absolutely destroyed all of my props. Uh, Nikola Vucevic, double-double Bulls win. It seems like a lock yep. against the Sacramento Kings. That can't happen. The Bulls out on this West Coast road trip. Clearly, the jet lag has been getting to them. They lost to the Sacramento Kings. De'Aaron Fox yep. and his points, assistant rebounds prop. The line was at 35 and a half. De'Aaron Fox absolutely smashed it. He went for about 44 and the Chicago Bulls, they just need to get into a rhythm. They're on the road. You can't let the dead legs get to you. The Utah Jazz at home obviously have been great this season. Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert going to be the two guys to focus on for the Jazz with DeMar DeRozan and Nikola Vucevic. Again, stars are out in the NBA tonight, and we're out in the West Coast. Chicago trying to get back in the win column. I look to Io DeSumo to help him get back. Io DeSumo was 0 of 5 from 3 in that Sacramento game. Step it up, rookie. It's March. Illinois is playing in the tournament. You better step up for your fighting Illini tonight, I.O. I-L-L, says Bocce for I.O. to Sumu tonight against the Utah Jazz. By the way, for the Bulls in this spot, Botch, not a great spot to be. 9-16 and 16 against the number as an underdog. The third worst cover percentage as a dog in the entire league. They have not covered as a dog in five straight. Bocce, as always, great stuff, my friend. More of the morning after in the NBA up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here on the morning after on SportsGrid and Sirius XM Channel 159 the home for sports grid radio on sirius xm and all across the sports grid network i am ben stevens we were just talking about the nba in a game in utah tonight between the jazz and the bulls it's an interesting game between two teams right now in the middle of each of their respective conference standings trying to make a push here at the end of the regular season to get back to where they both want to be utah right now in that fourth spot i believe in the western conference standings let's check that they are Chicago also in that fourth spot in the Eastern Conference standings. Both teams are right in that four seed, although Chicago at the All-Star break was tied atop the Eastern Conference standings. We were just talking about this game with our very own Andrew Bocci Bocci Galupo. So as we look at this spread, now five and a half in favor of Utah, the total down to 224 and a half. Let's start with that total. Chicago has hit an under in five straight games eight of their last nine games and 10 of the last 12 for the Bulls as well. The Jazz under in six of their last seven. Pretty strong trends for both sides that might lead us to an under of a total at 224 and a half tonight. I had mentioned it right as we were coming up on the break. The Chicago Bulls as an underdog is not a good thing. Despite being the four seed in the East, the Bulls have not been booked as an underdog all that many times this year, just 25 times. So when they've been booked as an underdog, it means they're playing good teams and that's not necessarily the best thing for an ATS profitability record Chicago 9 and 16 against the number as an underdog they have not covered in five straight as a dog on the other side Utah has been booked as a favorite in 62 of 68 games 26 35 and 1 against the number so Utah also in this spot as a favorite not exactly the most profitable one final point about this game from a prop perspective 
before we bring in somebody that knows a ton about props and the daily fantasy side in the NBA and who knows a ton about the Chicago Bulls, DeMar DeRozan has scored under 30 points in six of his last seven games, 25 or less in five of those six. His points prop tonight out in Salt Lake, 27 and a half. Of course, DeMar was on that historic trend. He's cooled down a little bit here for Chicago in these stretch of games where Chicago also has not been playing all that great of basketball. A man in Chicago, a man that knows the Bulls, and a man that certainly knows the prop market, makes his return to the morning after. It is FanDuel's Ryan Williams joining us here on the show once again to look at the prop side of things in the NBA this week and maybe also the futures market in the NFL as well. Our dubs welcome back to the show. We are great. Very glad to have you here on a Wednesday morning. Man, it's it's good to be back in the saddle, Ben. I, I got to be honest, you know, uh, John's hitting me up to join the morning after. I'm trying to figure out the schedule, move some things around as we're in the off season. I said, of course, I got to be on with my guys on the morning after. And I get in this morning, you know, I'm feeling good about my picks. I'm loading up and I'm like, man, do I know the link anymore? It's been so long. I'm, I'm trying to get in here to to talk these props with you to get it on the action, Ben. So I appreciate you guys for having me. It's happy to, I'm happy to be back here. Let's talk about these plays. Yeah, very, very happy to have you back. And let's dive into those plays. One of the best games on the NBA board tonight, Ryan, is out in San Francisco on the West Coast between Golden State and Boston. A short spread in the Warriors' favor, but working more so in Boston's way. Now just two and a half points in favor of the Dubs. We have a healthy Golden State team. Everybody, Steph, Clay. Draymond, even Andrew Wiggins. On the other side for the Celtics, Jason Tatum has mostly been on an absolute tear. What do you make of this game from a player prop perspective tonight out in Golden State? Yeah, well, you love that, uh, the, like you said, Ben, the Golden State Warriors are healthy. Uh, getting Draymond Green back has definitely done wonders for this team as a lot's been made of their record with and without with or without him in the lineup. And when you're looking at them playing at home, I mean, both Steph Curry and Klay Thompson's shooting numbers are much more favorable when these guys are at home. We know what happens when these guys uh, can get cooking. This is going to be a good test for the Golden State Warriors, who really, you know, had hit a snide there in a little bit, but now on a four-game win streak in Boston coming in, having not played in a while, Golden State's been hot. So I, I definitely like taking the the number here on Golden State. We know they get that crowd excited, and, and you hit on it, Ben. I mean, Jason Tatum has been an absolute stud, but with Jalen Brown, coming off of injury. Robert Williams has kind of been banged up across the year. Marcus Smart as well, too. This team just might not be as healthy, and they you know, they definitely want to start winning as that Eastern race is getting pretty close coming into playoff time as we got only you know, 12, 13, 14 games for some of these teams. But I do like Golden State here as they've just been on a hot streak right now, and I'm willing to ride it. They've won four straight games after snapping a five-game losing skid, and they have covered in all four of those wins, and they have covered actually in five straight as well. Jason Tatum, the highest player point prop of the evening in this matchup between the Dubs and the Seas. It's at 29.5 right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. So you mentioned, Ryan, that idea of the playoff push. In March, we're focused on the postseason in college basketball but we're getting close to that time for the nba playoffs so as you look at a big picture view of the nba championship odds ryan what stands out to you on the board and where do you believe some of the value might be around the association right now 
Yeah, so I mean, you're looking at the Nets there at, at plus five fifty. I mean, and we're you know it, it might seem like we're kind of riding the wave here with Kyrie just going absolutely berserk for sixty uh, yeah. real life points last night. But it's just it comes down to it, this is a star driven league, Ben. I mean, you know, we people talk about that, but I don't think they talk about it enough. I mean, you have to have two or three all-stars on your team in order to succeed or superstars. And you have two of the best pure shooters in, in my mind and Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant here. I don't really care about the rest of their team. I mean, we saw what they were able to do against Brooklyn with them having their two best stars out there beat the brakes off of them. I mean, plus 550 for this team. This team was a favorite to win uh, before. And I think that, you know, James Harden, Say what you will. I mean, this guy's been a stud in the regular season for the past however many years, handful of years. But when it comes down to playoffs, he hasn't really shown up. And I think that the Nets were were happy about that to move him on. They get guys back like Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, Ben Simmons. We still don't know what his status is going to be for this team. But this team is just absolutely stacked top to bottom. I absolutely love their odds uh, coming out of the East. And then if they're going in the West, it just depends on depends on who they're facing. I think it'll be the Golden State Warriors, but if not, they match up pretty favorable with any of those other teams. And now it feels very funny to say because for most of the year when the Nets were mightily struggling and only one guy could play at a time, whether it was James Harden earlier in the year or Kyrie on the road or Kevin Durant went healthy, it was like, why are the Nets still favored? Why are they the favorites to win the East? Why are they the favorites to win the NBA title? Which, as you saw there, they are not anymore. We're getting a small glimpse into that over these last four games. Brooklyn has won four straight. They have covered in three of the four. And, of course, Kyrie Irving. 60 points last night following 60 points the night before from Carl Anthony Towns a lot of scoring in a star-driven league as Ryan just mentioned the last couple of nights in the NBA and as I mentioned one thing the Dallas Mavericks are going to win tonight they're laying two on the road the Nets are terrible covering at home our dubs and it's a total of 221 and a half the Dallas Mavericks have the highest under percentage in the NBA. 65.2% of their games hitting an under. They are the only team in the entire league with an under percentage of 60% or higher. Just something to keep in mind. Dallas has gone under in four straight. So let's go futures perspective, Ryan Williams. Not just with your knowledge in the NBA, but of course your NFL expertise, which is what you have done for the most part here on the morning after. We have seen tons of market movement in the last week based on quarterback news across the NFL. Aaron Rodgers returning to Green Bay. Tom Brady unretiring. Year number 23 ahead with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next season. Russell Wilson from Seattle to Denver. The LA Chargers, not a quarterback move, but filling out their entire roster, Ryan, and looking like a very dangerous team. Which of their future prices stands out to you the most? Yeah, you you look at the Chargers and you, and you got to like what they're doing. I mean, I you know, the last uh maybe memory that people have of the Chargers is is losing in that losing that game to the to the Raiders and what could have ended in the time both teams getting into the playoffs but I mean Herbert Herbert's an absolute stud we know this is a QB yep. league you got to have that to start and then what they're doing on the defensive side of the ball getting Mike Williams back on the offensive side of the ball absolutely love their weapons to come out 
um, of the AFC West. If you want to take the take the money there with plus fifteen hundred, I absolutely like those odds. But I still think there, there's there's uh, room to to take the Chiefs here, Ben. And and you know we still yeah. don't know what they're doing in the offseason. They're moving some cap space around to free something up. We still have some stud wide receivers out there with Jarvis Landry being released this year. Didn't expect that. Allen Robinson has been tied to this team. Even a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster, if he were to come in here and give Patrick Mahomes another weapon, we know what they're doing um, on the on the defense side of the ball. They still have Andy Reid plus 850 for the Chiefs. I still like getting some action there as well. I think you bring up a great point as well because when we think of market movement based on a team making a move like Russell Wilson going to Denver or the LA Chargers getting Khalil Mack and JC Jackson, it not only affects their price, but it affects the price of their direct competition. So while the Chiefs have been a favorite in the futures market for each of the last three years, they are still the favorites in the AFC West. They are no longer the favorites in the AFC or in the Super Bowl, making their odds maybe have some value right now ryan williams wasn't here for a long time but he was here for a good time and tons of great expertise and advice about how to approach both the futures market in the nba in the home stretch of this regular season and early in the offseason to the nfl as well ryan williams as always from FanDuel. thank you very much for your time any ncaa tournament picks before you go yeah, I, I, I knew you were going to ask for that. I, I do like Zona. Uh, I, do, I do like Zona. Okay. There, there's some plus money well. for them to be in the Elite Eight Final Four. I love it. I love it. I love that we're on the same page as we often are. More of the morning after up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I know what you're thinking out there. I know all the viewers of the morning after right now in this second hour like Ben. What are we doing? It's March. Get to college basketball. All right. We're back on the big dance right here, right now on a Wednesday on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM channel 159. I am Ben Stevens and now very pleased to welcome on to the show one of the brightest college basketball minds that I know. It is Tyler Aki joining us here on TMA on this Wednesday, the host of Basketball U on ESPN 1000 Chicago, breaking things all down throughout the big dance. Tyler, thank you for joining us here on this Wednesday on the morning after. Well, thank you very much for having me, Ben. It's been a long time since we caught up and talked some college hoops, so I'm happy to be back with you here today. I am also very glad because the last time it was like an encyclopedia of information. And as we are on the precipice of the round of 64 getting underway tomorrow with more first four action tonight in Dayton, Ohio, we need that expertise from Tyler Aki on this Wednesday here on TMA. And let's start, Tyler, very big picture by looking at the national championship odds right now. Gonzaga, of course, the short favorite, plus 300, double the price is Arizona at 6-1. to one. And then Kentucky, the third shortest odds at plus 850. So, Tyler, let's start with the favorites. What do you make of the prices on Gonzaga, Arizona, Kentucky? Do you think a national champion comes from that group? I do. I, I personally think it'll be Gonzaga. But again, at that value, that's something that doesn't really intrigue me a whole heck of a lot there. I think Kentucky is another one that I sort of like at the plus 850 price there. But I'd imagine it's going to come out of that those first 
five names that you see there on the board. But there, it wouldn't surprise me if you go a little bit deeper. Again, people have talked all season long how this is a wide open field. I mean, I saw Tennessee there at 25 to one. That's certainly one that intrigues me. They do a good job of taking care of the basketball. They do a good job of rebounding. They do a good job of making their free throws. That's a recipe for me that works in March. So Tennessee, from a long shot standpoint, makes a lot of sense. Um, but in terms of some of those teams at the top of the board, if you're only going to tell me I had to pick from the top three, I'm probably taking the shortest odds in Gonzaga. But again, those are those odds aren't as short as, let's say, 2019 Duke, which I think had a minus in front of their name at one point throughout the tournament. I think that's a great point, Tyler. And that's the, the idea of value versus deserved price. Gonzaga makes sense. They're a three to one mm -hmm. favorite, but you took the words right out of my mouth as we were looking at those national championship odds. I know that you are tuned in on Tennessee at 25 to one, one of the longer shots on the board right now. If there's no value on Gonzaga outside of Tennessee, is there a team with longer odds that you think could maybe even make a run to an elite eight, a final four appearance, maybe where you have mm -hmm. some hedging and money line potential with a big ticket price in your pocket? Yeah, I, I certainly like the the odds on Tennessee, kind of like I mentioned earlier. Um, for, in terms of some other teams that maybe could find a little something, I look for path a little bit here too. And I mm -hmm. think one team that I don't necessarily love their entire team per se, but I do like their path is Wisconsin. Wisconsin's a team mm -hmm. that right now is a three seed and they're going to be playing in Milwaukee and then playing in Chicago. Going to feel like two home games for them. But I, I do think it is going to be a tough test getting out of that first round against Colgate for the Badgers. So that's certainly one that I would at least keep an eye on because the path is there. Another one to me um, from a, a value standpoint, don't sleep on a team like Texas. I know they've been wildly inconsistent throughout the year, but I think part of that is due to the fact that they brought in a lot of transfers. And this could be the time of year where some of those transfers really start to blend together and play strong basketball as a cohesive unit. And if they catch steam, well, they've got just as much talent as pretty much anybody out there in the tournament right now. So don't be afraid to maybe throw a little bit of a flyer on Texas because I think they've got the ability to upset pretty much anybody in the tournament. It's just going to be a matter of fact of can they win six in a row? I don't know if they can win all six in a row, but like you mentioned, can you get to a certain point where maybe you can start to hedge the other way? Certainly something you could keep an eye out for. Texas 65 to one right now to win the national championship. Wisconsin 70 to one in opening round game on a Friday afternoon in Milwaukee for the Badgers. Pray for any spotted cow and cheese curd that you see. They are not going to live a very, very long life on Friday in Milwaukee. But I agree with that idea, Tyler. And you saw the East region there. Texas is a part of that East region. Baylor is the one seed. Kentucky, who has better odds than Baylor to win the national title, is the two seed. Purdue is the three. UCLA, who made a Final Four run last year, is the number four seed. Do you believe the East region is the most difficult of the bracket? Or if not, which region stands out to you the most? Definitely the East region, because you look at those first five teams on the board there, all of those are Final Four caliber teams, in my opinion. I mean, you you rattled them off right there. The top four seeds plus the sixth seed, I think, in, in Texas has a chance to get to the Final Four. And I think that part of it is because you get some of the best guard play in this region here. When you look at James Akinjo, when you look at Tiger Campbell at UCLA, um, Kentucky's got a pair of really strong guards, Purdue with Jaden Ivey. 
So there's a lot of really good guards in that East region. And once you get to March, guard play can be pretty much everything. I mean, you look at the teams that got there last year, you look team after team after team that wins this thing. A lot of it is contingent on how good is your point guard. Can you trust him in the waning moments of the games and to, to sort of steady and patrol the team as well? So I look at that. It's got the strongest guard play in a group of point guards that really has been uninspiring all season long. I think that's safe to say. So you look at it. Those are There are a number of players on the koozie watch list on that in that east region so because of that i think yeah absolutely the east region is the toughest no doubt tyler Rocky joining us here on the morning after the host of basketball you espn 1000 the espn espn radio affiliate in chicago right here on tma breaking down the bracket that was the east region it is an absolute gauntlet now to the south region you mentioned tennessee's price at 25 to 1 to win the national title and i think you brought up a great point in discussion of value throughout the NCAA tournament. You could be one of the best teams all year. here, ben. But if you, we do love value, Tyler Rocky, that is for sure. But if you have a crappy draw, it's like, uh-oh, that really stinks. So what do you make of the path for Tennessee in that South region where the number one seed is Arizona? So Arizona is certainly going to be an intriguing championship pick. And I look at the Wildcats as a team that, yes, they can do it. They've got a good guard, kind of like I mentioned in Ben Matherin. But Kirk Creasa's got a, a banged-up ankle. What's his health status going to be like throughout the tournament? And also, let's not forget, it's a first-time coach, too, in Tommy Lloyd. And I think Tommy Lloyd's the coach of the year in college basketball with what he's done with that Arizona program this season in year one. But at the end of the day, he's never coached, been a head coach in an NCAA tournament game before. How much is that going to play a factor once you get into that Elite Eight, Sweet 16 matchup too. So, and then the other factor to look at here, you got a team like Villanova, who's really strong. They've got a great guard in Colin Gillespie as well, but what happens in the second round? There's no, there's no guarantee to get out of the second round, in my opinion, because you could go up against a very defensive-minded team in Loyola, Chicago, and that could be a really tough matchup for you. Meanwhile, Tennessee, they've got a stifling defense, third in the country, according to Ken Palm. So, I think that defense and point guard play, when you pair it together, Tennessee's probably got the best combination in that region right there. So that's why I do like their path a little bit more than maybe other people do. Tyler Rocky, one of the brightest minds in all of college basketball. Kenneth Pomeroy is the brightest mind, no offense, Tyler, <laughs> yep. in all of college hoops. If you reference Ken Palm, give him his love, folks, as you go throughout March Madness. So I'm glad you brought up Loyola Chicago and that 10-7 matchup in the South because, Tyler, you know I'm a Big Ten guy through and through you are in the heart of big 10 country in chicago illinois and it would seem to me that that matchup between loyola chicago and ohio state is one of the spots in the round of 64 where the nine teams from the big 10 conference who made the big dance might be in a little bit of trouble it is even on both sides minus 110 on the money line for both the buckeyes and the ramblers how do you break down this matchup between loyola and ohio state it's going to be, can Ohio State get on some runs? And can guys like EJ Liddell impose themselves down low? Because this is a Loyola team that does not allow a lot of runs. That's all courtesy of Evan Miyakawa, who does fantastic analytic work there. But Loyola allows the fewest 10-0 runs in the entire country. And we wow. see in the NCAA tournament, how many times do teams go on these 10, 12, 14-point runs 
and then it sort of gets them in a groove and then the crowd's going wild in whatever pod or region they're in. And then things just sort of get out of hand for an underdog. And listen, I know the the things about even right there, but you're talking about one of the better teams in the Big Ten versus a mid-major champion. And Loyola has been fantastic this year. They're equivalent of a top 25 team. I get it. But at the end of the day, they don't have nearly the amount of star power that a team like Ohio State has. They're not going to have the best player on the floor. That's obviously going to be EJ Liddell on the other side for Ohio State. But the defensive prowess of this Loyola team, the ability to stop runs is going to be pivotal. So I think you might be able to tell early on how often uh, or how likely it is that, that a team like Loyola can pull off this quasi upset here, at least from a seeding standpoint against Ohio state. I mean, we saw some fantastic defense from the Ramblers. What did they, they held a team. was it Northern Iowa without a bucket for almost 15 minutes without a field goal in that second half in the Missouri Valley semifinals. So they've got the defense that can compete with any team in the country right now. Um, but Ohio State has a player of the year candidate in EJ Liddell. And that's something that Loyola really hasn't had to deal with a whole heck of a lot this year. So what's it going to be like when they go up against a major star power like Liddell? I would think that Drew Valentine puts Lucas Williamson on EJ Liddell. If that is the case, that is going to be one heck of a matchup between the Buckeyes and the Ramblers. And here's one more trend for you about Loyola Chicago. In away games this year, 11 of them, seven have hit the under. In seven neutral floor games, five of them have hit the under. The total of 132 and a half, I think we could see an under, especially if Loyola Chicago pulls off the quasi upset. But it's part of a couple of games, Tyler, where the Big Ten is either a short favorite or maybe not even a favorite, like the Buckeyes. Michigan State, just a one-point spread against Davidson. Michigan, a two-point favorite against Colorado State, although the Wolverines are the 11th seed and the Rams are a six seed. Is the Big Ten, Tyler Rocky, in trouble in the 2022 Big Dance? I do think they're in trouble. You talk about how they got nine teams in, and yes, they got more teams in than anybody in the entire country, but... Look at the matchups that they drew. Even last night with Indiana and Wyoming, that's not a Wyoming team that I think anybody wanted to face, especially in a first four type of matchup there. But if you look at some of the matchups that they got, Michigan State taking on Davidson, that's a team that can get hot from deep. Uh, Loyola and Ohio State, which we hit on. Loyola is one of the best defensive teams in the entire country. And then you look at Michigan and going up against Colorado State. Even though Michigan's a favorite in this game, Colorado State, I think, is the better team. And they've... Yeah. They're going to have, I think, the better player on the floor in David Roddy because that is a legitimate candidate to be the best player among the mid-major ranks. So I really think, yes, did the Big Ten get a lot of teams in? Sure, but I also think they got some really tough matchups and certainly some unenviable ones in this first round. Yeah, it's going to be difficult for the Big Ten. I fear, although I might get my hopes up slightly depending on how the first weekend goes this time around. Tyler Rocky breaking it all down for us throughout the bracket here on a Wednesday on TMA. He hosts Basketball U, ESPN 1000 Chicago. Tyler, thank you so much for your time and helping us cipher through the madness. No problem, Ben. Anytime for you, brother. We round out our number two of TMA on the other side of the break. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
closing out our number two of the morning after on a Wednesday right here on the Spiz Grizz, otherwise known as the Sports Grid Network. Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the Sports Grid Network, I am Ben Stevens. The focus is on the NCAA tournament, the big dance, with more first four action tonight and then tomorrow. Call your boss. Tell them you're going to miss a couple of things you need to do. The work email is going to get overflowed. It doesn't matter. It's the round of 64 on St. Patrick's Day to officially, officially begin the NCAA tournament. So before we get there, let's look at the future prices on the one seeds to make a run to the final four and see if we can look at trend perspective to find any value across this board. Let's do that right now and buy or sell. So we showed this board earlier, a one seed and one opportunity to make the final four. And the prices for each number one seed to win their region, which is what getting to the final four is. The number one overall seed in the West, Gonzaga, minus 140 to win that region. Arizona, the one seed in the South, plus 145. Kansas, the one seed in the Midwest, plus 210. Baylor is the one seed in the East at plus 260, but they are not the favorite to win that region. That would be Kentucky, the two seed in the East at plus 250. But those are the four number one seeds, the four teams on the one line for the NCAA tournament. Now, we have told you about trend perspective, historical trends of why the cream rises to the, crop, uh, to the top Excuse me. by the time we get to the end of the big dance. Since the field expanded to 64 teams in 1985, 23 of the 36 national title winners have been a number one seed. We have seen a ton of number one seeds in the final four, 59 in total. But all four one seeds have only made the final four together once. That was in 2008. We are not going to buy that this year, that all four one seeds do. We will sell that. It's about finding the best one seed there. Arizona is still plus money. Our number three of the morning after is up next here on The Grid. <laughs> 